0: It's a difficult time in the uh, movie business at the moment, isn't it? Even before coronavirus, you had spiralling costs, both with production and, uh, and actors. You had uh, audiences in some ways coming down. Then you've got the coronavirus issue and you've got to deal with new players like Netflix and Amazon. You know, how does this affect producers and those people pitching and selling their ideas to movie houses? Well, even before Netflix and Prime, Amazon Prime, came online, I think what was happening is it was making them timid. They were thinking, we can't afford to put big money in to movies that aren't going to make money. And if they lose a lot of money, that's a lot of money gone. We put a lot of money in, we lose a lot of money, and I lose something, my job and my credibility in this town called Hollywood Town. I've created that. Very nice. Very nice. So what it made them do was say, I know that movie made loads of money. Let's make that again. Or that, maybe made, that movie made loads of money. That, made, that movie made loads of money. Let's make that in a different way. And that's what happened with Amazon's own The Tomorrow War, which cost $200 million, apparently, and has a second movie, a sequel in the works. Is it worth a sequel? Let's see. Okay, the thing about the Tomorrow War, and the first thing that's really annoying is that all of the big scenes are very loud, so you have to turn the sound down a bit. All of the dialogue scenes are very quiet. You have to turn the sound up. That's really annoying. The basic idea links loads of movies together. It's a sci-fi movie. In the future, the Earth is under attack from some kind of monsters. Very Terminator. People come from the future to tell us this also very Terminator in the future there are these monsters who have who are are destroying earth and there are only now 500,000 people on earth in the present day so they started conscription to go and kill the monsters however you can also sign up, I don't know how this works and you get given a million dollars did I dream this or is this in the plot (laughs) You get given a million dollars, and you go for seven days, and you get phased in there into the future, and then come back. Very looper. These monsters are the two types. The females live in the ground, and they're kind of um, or underground, should I say, in, in layers, and they're kind of um, they're kind of Tyrannosaurus Rex type creatures mixed with Triceratop creatures. The males who are there to protect them are sort of dinosaur-type creatures with big, razor-sharp teeth and tentacles with eyes on them. We've seen that before, many times. And they scuttle around a bit like bugs. It's very starship troopers. In fact, this conscription thing is very starship troopers. And in one scene, where the nests are, you see loads of males coming over a hill, which is extremely starship troopers. In a scene later on, they go and have a look for some alien pods... Which is very aliens, isn't it? Right. So the hero is played by Chris Pratt, who you know of, of Jurassic Park movies, of latter day, and um, the the Lego Batman movies or movie. So, you know, he's a kind of wise, cracking, nice bloke. He's a utility player. He's kind of neither one thing nor the other, and so he does get work. He's a school teacher who wants to be a scientist and can't get his scientific stuff going. So he's got a a dad that he's disaffected from, uh, played by J.K. Simmons, with a big beard, pumped-up physique, looks good, and is always good, I must say. And he's got a family, young daughter and a wife. So he decides he's going to... Sign up. And because he's been in the army before, he's at a premium. I don't say what kind of army. He might have just been in the stores. Or, you know, in the canteen. But he's at a premium, so I think to, I think he gets a million dollars. Don't quote me on that. I'm not quite sure. This all went by in kind of a blur. So, he's sent there, along with a nerdy mate, who I think is a, some kind of comedian type person. He, He's another wisecracker, you know. For instance, he says, I'm only going to survive. And then someone laughs. Don't laugh when I say I'm only going to survive. Things like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, they go in search of, um, in the future, in search of, uh, of monsters. And they do find them. More of that in a minute. Chris Pratt sort of has the mouse and the balls and the ability to fight hand-to-hand hand hand with these monsters. Does... You know, because people seem to, don't they? They suddenly step up. He has no credentials. He's a school teacher. (sighs) Okay, so the commander who sent them all there is rather pleased with him, and she has the same surname as him. It's actually his daughter from the future. They have a heart to heart on the beach, no monsters around. So, you know, let's make sure that it's nice and quiet, you know. And she tells him that. he wasn't very nice as a father in the future, in his future, but her past. Are you keeping? Are you getting this? Yeah. So he left the family and all of that kind of stuff, and they connect. And while they're connecting in the in the science lab, she finds a match to there's there's a a female they've caught, they've taken blood, and they found a match to kill all the monsters. She then gets killed herself. Of course she does because it, it really adds an emotional bit of stuff for him oh my god, in fact, when she is killed, she falls off some kind of structure and you get, no. yeah, that's so hackneyed and it's not done with any irony at all so yeah, he loses his daughter and they can't go to the future where he wants to go to infect all the, the monsters because they've broken the future machine. It's broken. We can't send anybody forward. So he goes back to modern day Earth. He then finds, I can't I don't know how this I think it's ner- I think it's the nerdy guy who's kept in touch with. Although I don't I don't see any scenes of him saying, let's swap numbers, I'd like to keep in touch with you. Do you have a Facebook page? What is your Skype address? You know, or anything like that. Keeps in contact with him. They sort of find out that he's still got the serum with him, of course. They, they they find out that these things come from volcanoes. They've either been thawed out, or I mean they've wake, woken up, they might be dinosaurs, have they come from the from, from space? It's not really explained. And they have to go to where they think the basis of this is, which a school child who's an, an, an expert on volcanoes in his class tells him is Russia. They believe him and they go to the guy who's the top Johnny for this war. He's on TV all the time. He's one of the top people in the American government. They just get access to him. There's no security or anything. They're just talking to him, saying, I need to go to to Russia. And he said, well, we've already spent a load of money on, so I can't spend taxpayers' money on sending you to Russia. Cut to them going to Russia. So, you know, they're on ice spikes. He's taking his dad along with him because he wants to... There wants to be some kind of rapprochement with him. He's got his nerdy mate by his side... ...who doesn't seem up for a fight generally at all... ...but suddenly is. So they go to Russia... ...and that's when we see the alien pods. Yeah, they're aliens, yeah. And they... They infect three or four pods with these serums. The monsters die. They fight a couple more monsters in which... Well, there's only one actually. They fight one more monster in which um, he, he pals up with his dad and um, he goes back home and there's a report saying all the monsters have died. Right, well, um, that's it's all right then, isn't it? We seem to have done a very, gone a very long way to get very little out of it. Of course, he, he gets a rapprochement with his dad and his daughter sees his granddad for the first time. All of that kind of nonsense. And it's two hours and nine minutes long. And there's 10 minutes at the end for the credits. So that's an extra 10 minutes. Two hours, 19. Two hours, nine minutes of action. And does it need to be that long? No, it could have been about an hour, that. I mean, some of these, some of the scenes look good. You can do them with CGI, of course, but you know, the frozen sort of tundra, the steps in, um, not the band, that's a different thing. uh, Nobody's cryogenically frozen steps to bring them into the future, I'm sure of that The steps, you know, when they go to Russia and all that kind of stuff Looks good, and there are some good set-piece scenes The first scene where they get sent to the future And they're in a very quiet, burning city And they're searching for something And they have to shh, shh, be quiet There's no music and no sound at all Quite a lot of that, and that's lovely until we see the monsters, and the monsters look good, they're chasing them, and there's a bit of mild peril, because they're going to be um, bombed out of, uh, bombed into oblivion, bombed back into the Stone Age, as it's called, because they want, because the the uh, US government want to get rid of all of those monsters, they have to get out quickly, all of that, there are martyrs in that as well, of course we see a few people that they're in the, the team with, and two of the ones who, are not so worked out in the, in the gym, are the ones to go first. You know they are. Yeah, that's a, it's a good set piece. It's quite nice. And there's a nice set piece where they capture the female and they go down to the nest. It's quite good, but it doesn't seem as though it's got the kind of... the real kind of sweep that Starship has had or anything like that. It just seems a bit quiet, a bit basic... A bit TV, to be honest, even though they're trying and it's cost $200 million. There's a lot of pictures of them, a couple of them, running away from fireballs and then being exploded into the sky. There's a lot going that, you know. There's a nice moment where the nerdy bloke, first sees a monster, is shooting and says, Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, about 30 times. That's quite nice. You know... The music is sad and it's kind of elegiac strings, you know, because people are dying and there's a lot happening and all that kind of stuff. What you don't get is modern kind of dance or rock or techno or anything like that, which is good. And they tend to sleep to speak in slogans, things like, you and me, we're going to save this world together. And I'm just trying to save my daughter. But if I've got to save the world to do it, I'm damn sure going to try. All of that, you know. There is a nice moment where he grabs a monster by its tentacles. That must have made the monster's eyes water. Oh, it's all right, but it's just nothing special. It's directed by Chris McKay, who did the Batman Lego movie, so I was expecting some kind of at least sweet comedy and a bit of irony, but there's nothing here at all. You know, it, it's it's like all those movies that we had in the late 90s. What's that you know what's that big alien one with Will Smith? That one, it's big and bumptious and follows a real template. You know, we put this scene in here, this scene in here, we do this then. It's so timid. There's nothing out of the ordinary. And it's okay to spend time with, but two hours, 10 minutes of your time? Absolutely not. The tomorrow war, put it off till tomorrow. Ta ta.